Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. Art and creativity should be an essential part of every child's day. Through their creative process, young children learn important skills such as flexibility, creativity, problem solving, and innovation that can help them throughout life. Join Rachel and Claire as they discuss the importance of art, how engaging with art helps children with school readiness, and how to set up a playful and joyful art experience for your child. Hi there, Claire. I am pretty excited to see you again today just because I like hanging out with you, but also because we're going to talk about a topic that I really love talking about. And it's interesting because people have a lot of questions about it and a lot of misunderstandings. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk um, today about something that brings people in the world a lot of joy, and a lot, I think it brings a lot of beauty to our world. We're going to talk about art, and I think you're right. We do get more questions about this from parents and families than I would expect. Yeah, and we we hear about it in different a whole bunch of different ways. We hear about it maybe because someone's really proud of some art that they did or not so proud of some art or, or not sure, like, what am I supposed to do with all this scribbles and um, and even thinking of them as just scribbles. And, and then we also think about the different kinds of art and different, we're going to talk about something called product versus process art. So we're going to dig into that. But the other thing I want to say up front and, and have be a theme and a thread through this conversation is we often don't hear about art when we're talking about things like school success and school readiness. And we want to make sure that we do. And we, in fact, know that's arts, the arts, creativity is a big part of school readiness and school success and just good child development. And hopefully you'll you'll know it too, whoever's listening to this by the end of this conversation. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that shifted for me when I was went from when I started learning about early childhood and also about early education and care programs is that I went from thinking uh, when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, art is kind of an extra right? It's like an elective in, in high school. It's like a nice to have, not a need to have. And when I started working in childcare centers and in classrooms, I realized, oh, no, no, this is actually an essential part of a child's day. And in fact, at Bright Horizons, it's one of our curriculum elements. We, we put so much emphasis on it. It's part of our curriculum. Yeah, we have a what we call a whole child approach to learning. And we do this because everything we all the decisions we make about early education are rooted in research and science. And so one of the things that we know is that all domains of development, all aspects of development happen in, in an integrated way. And if you focus on one over the other, you sometimes will get incomplete or less than optimal development. So something like creativity and art and that kind of thinking, flexible, creative, problem-solving, solution-oriented, imagination, innovation, all that thinking, you don't want to leave that behind just because you're so focused on letters or, or net numbers or something that is more sort of use the analogy of tip of the iceberg, like that's what people think about school readiness as letters and numbers, but all that mm-hmm. creativity and arts and all that other development makes those things stronger as well as makes a child's development really well-rounded. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that, Rachel. Make the case to me as a parent. Why should I care? If I've got some time with my child this weekend, 
and we're kind of just sitting around and they look, they're asking, what, what should we do? What, why should I, why should we do something art related? What does it do for my child? It, it, well, and let's, it's a good question. I'm ready for you, Claire, but let's uh, think about what our definition of art too is. So we're, t- we're probably focusing a lot on visual arts, but of course it's theater, it's music, it's dance, it's creative expression. So probably our examples are going to be a lot about the visual mediums, but um, mm-hmm. just to, just to clarify that arts in general and movement and music and all the, there's lots of good things from those kinds of arts too. Um, so I would say, I'm going to make the case for you, and, and I, I'm going to interrupt myself and just say, it's not that as a parent, I have two grown children. When they were little, I had plenty of pieces of paper with scribbles on them that I very quietly and secretly put in the recycling bin. Uh, so I, it's not that like you have to cherish every single thing your child does something with, but the awareness of the value of that kind of art and creativity um, over some of the other things we sometimes cherish. So I will say this. So what you want is creative thinkers and problem solvers. You want innovative, flexible thinkers. We know to be successful in school and work currently, those are increasingly important skills. Mm -hmm. They will become even more important in the future. We don't need as much fact fact spewing people because we have robots now we have Alexa or Siri or Google or whatever we're using so what we need is people that can take information to do something with it and to come up with the creative solutions and that comes from exploring early creativity so that's super important and we want people to feel like trying and experimenting trying again is a valuable skill set rather than feel like it's getting something wrong or mistakes Mm -hmm. and you can learn all of that really well through art other things you can learn about and and I'm just going to list a few things these are by no means an exhaustive list but if you think about just think about like a painting if you were painting right now imagine yourself listener and you could you're doing all these things you're making decisions should I do this color should I put this here should I use this texture does this need a little bit more does this look a little bit more and then while you're doing that you're paying attention to some mathematical comps concepts like shapes and perspectives, mm-hmm. patterns. Mm-hmm. You're learning about cause and effect. You're learning how to about fix or adjust things. You're learning about yourself. You're learning about what's important to you, what your perspective is. And you're learning, if you're in a classroom, you're definitely building social interactions. If you're in art experiences with others, you're trading, you're mm-hmm. talking, you're negotiating, you're collaborating. Um, so much good stuff, right? Even even study of art or, or appreciating art, going to museums or looking at clay and sculpture or music. You learn about culture and other perspectives. There's just so much. And I'll stop before I keep adding to this list because I hope I've convinced you. I hope I've already convinced you. You have made a good case and I can actually think of a couple other things I'd add to that. Um, when your child engages in a visual art activity, regardless of what the medium is, whether they're holding a paintbrush or a crayon, or they're taking pieces of tissue paper and gluing them haphazardly all over, it looks to you haphazard, but to them they have a plan. They're actually engaging in some body awareness is actually good for their their, mm-hmm. their, their body development. So we think about, their, you talked a lot about creativity and inventiveness and curiosity, which we love, but also it's just straight up good for their bodies to be manipulating things in the world. It's good for their big muscles. It's also really great for those those fine motor, those small muscle movements. So if you've got a preschooler who's into this, 
definitely worth encouraging it because playing around with art materials is going to lead to them being able to hold that pencil in first grade and write their name on a piece of paper, which is of course going to be a life skill that they're going to need to need to do. Um, I also think I've got a lot of, um, I think this is one of those things, I think different, different families, different cultures put different emphasis on the importance of art. But I think we can all agree that especially for young children, it is a really easy way for them to express themselves Mm-hmm. and help them make meaning of their world. So it's it's a, way, it's a really easy way for your two, three, four-year-old to start communicating what they're thinking about and what they're learning about. So it's it, I think at all cultures everywhere, and this has been the case historically for centuries, it's, it's a really easy way for people to express and communicate who they are and how they're feeling. And I think that's why museums exist in the first place. You can walk around an art museum, a visual art museum, and you can just and just envelop yourself and how, how these artists were feeling. What were they doing? What were they experiencing? The same is true for your toddler and your preschooler when they yeah. engage in visual yeah. art activities. Yeah, and you can attach that so much to things like poetry or dance. You you know, you see theater, you see in any kind of art, art is about expressing yourself and communicating. Yeah, exactly. So what does this look like? What in in your in your if if I was to sit down with my toddler and you, Rachel, how would you, what would you want to be doing during an art activity with my kid? Yeah, good question. So lots of stuff. And I just had a little three-year-old spend some time with me recently and we, I had to get my art skills going here. So I have recent experience, (laughs) um, even though my children are older. Um, So I would say when you're thinking about the child, this is what we want to think about, talk about a little bit more about that product versus process. So product, um, you want to think about you you aren't so worried about what the end result is. You want to think about the process, what they get to explore, how they get to try. And you want to make it easy for them to do that. So you want to things available to them with a the toddler. You want those big chunky crayons or markers or paintbrushes and you want a big piece of paper. A toddler is going to draw off of a small eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And then you're going to be spending time talking about how don't draw on the table, don't draw on the couch, don't draw on the floor, don't draw on all the things. Um, So give them a huge piece of paper because that's that muscle development you were talking about is they're learning that. They don't have a lot of fine motor control yet and they're working on it and they can work on it through their art. But we don't want a lot of no's in the situation. So set them up for success. A lot of times I would put big, huge pieces of butcher paper on things or even like flatten out a cardboard box or some big, mm-hmm. huge space for them to work on. I, we used to, a um, couple of things we did was um, to like, of course, chalk on the sidewalk. That's a great one because there's a lot of space. You could do um, non-toxic watercolors in on like rocks or other spaces because it'll wash right off. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I would look for. I would not look for something that like, oh, everybody's going to make the same thing or here's what it looks like, because that doesn't matter for creative expression. I want that child to be having fun. I want them to be getting their hands on things. I want them to be using their imagination and able to express themselves and put the kind of effort and interest into it that they currently have, not my vision of what is exciting for them. And if that happens, they're much more likely to stay engaged for a long time than if than they're doing trying to meet my standards or trying to make something that I came up with, that I as the adult had the idea. Yeah, I think we've all, I think we could all probably access a memory for when we were um, required to do some kind of art activity, whether it was at school or with your family and yours didn't look 
right. And I'm doing air quotes for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Get to the end of this art activity and mine doesn't look the same as my brother's or it doesn't, it didn't, I wasn't successful. Right. And that's not what we're going for here at all. <laughs> yeah. Because why, we, why would, should we put boundaries on it? So we, our creative art shouldn't be something that you're not successful at. And, and mm-hmm. think of the message that sends to a developing child about their imagination and creativity and their willingness to persevere and try and try again, their willingness to express themselves. We know that as children get older, we, they're less willing to define themselves as creative and they feel less creative. Kids are like, they're all about it. They're like, yeah, of course I'm a creative genius. And adults mm-hmm. are so like, oh no, I, because they're so, I'm not a good artist. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. We don't want that. We want to build that competency and that faith and the belief in themselves. And the best way to make kids feel like they're not creative is to give them a lot of rules and structure. You'll also notice that they do some sort of crafty project that it has to look like a certain way. They're like, do, 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 done. Now what? It doesn't yeah. keep them occupied for very long either. They might like it. You might put it on your refrigerator. And we can talk about that in a minute about why that we often call that refrigerator art because it gets a, <laughs> often gets a place um, on the refrigerator for a while. But that is less valuable for your child for creative expression and building those creative muscles. Yeah. So is there any value to coloring books, for example, or, or those little cute craft kits that I might pick up at the store? Yeah, I'm so I'm not ruling them out. I also I know that they're keepsakes and milestones and I have those, you know, those plates you can make when your kids are or I mean, we've made them when they're older too. So I was going to say when your kids are little, but whatever, anyone can make them, but you send a picture in that you draw and then you um and they make it into a plate or a mug or something. So I have those with my kids handprints on them and I know yeah. I've had stuff that's sort of like it happens a lot during holidays, right? Like you get a lot yeah. of again, refrigerator art. And that, you know, it's a child making a gift. They don't have, it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter. It could be something else. We could learn to appreciate those creative expressions. Um, But if a teacher's cut something out or parents cut something out or done some of the work, it's right away becoming a craft. Um, And the kids can learn from those things. They can learn to follow directions. They can learn fine motor skills. Cutting is important. And the more children don't write, the more they're using technology for swiping or typing things, the less they're getting natural fine motor skills. So the cutting scissors, um, following directions, matching, making patterns, those are all good things. Those are not creative art. So if you're doing a math exercise, a fine motor exercise, following directions exercise, a craft can help with that. But don't confuse that with a way to build that artistic imagination that we also, very importantly, children need. And it helps them, again, with all those other skills. So we don't want to trade one for the other. Mm, I really like that that idea. And it's just not sacrificing one for the other. So it's not that coloring books are bad or craft kits are bad. It's just they're focusing on different skills. So if you're interested in encouraging creativity, then stick with the with the process art where it's really about the yeah. process of creation. Exactly. And I think, you know, my kids definitely had coloring books. There's something in adults like coloring books a lot. There's something to the um, getting, you know, filling in and, but, but it's kind of a paint by numbers. So you, you know, like, 
you, you don't get that creative with it. So again, like they're not really a creative experience just because there's crayons or markers or colors involved. And there's a lot of opportunity to feel like you can't get it right. If you've ever been with a child who's trying to color in a coloring book, they're at some point, a young child saying, I'm, I got it out of the lines or I didn't do this right. And that shouldn't be part of the experience. Yeah, they don't wanna, why do we, if we're, if kids are having that, oh no, I messed it up feeling and don't have a way to solve it or come up with a different strategy in art, then it's then then that's a sign to you that it's not really a creative art experience. That's something else. That's more keeping them busy or engaged with sometimes like a character or something. But coloring books kind of lose their don't count as in living in the creative expression category. You know, the other couple things I would want to say to parents is, uh, you know, as those signs, like it's not really creative art is if you find yourself correcting, like, oh, you didn't put it in the right place or, oh, or feeling like you need to get involved to make it look right. Not creative expression. And it also can send unintentional messages to children about their own expression and their own creativity. If you're trying to avoid a mess and so you're putting a lot of rules around it, find a different way because you're really limiting creativity. Have a space, have a room, have have it set up. And if it needs to be outside, that's also okay. Like find the way that you're comfortable about it, but know that if you're putting a lot of parameters about something, you're taking the creative possibilities out of it. Um, and avoid closed questions. And that would mean like something like, oh, is this a cat? You're, you're already kind of implying what you think it is. Yeah. Say things more like, oh, look at these textures and color choices. Tell me about that. How did you make those decisions? Help them process their process. Help them think about the choices they've made. And then the last thing is just play. The most creative expression comes out of play. Give them the tools and the materials and the opportunity and the access and let them do what they want to do. And then let them be super proud explaining it to you. Uh, yeah, I think one one more point to to make is that as the adult, you do have control over that environment. So you kind of talked about creating that yes environment where it's okay to make a mess and you these are all materials that you can have access to. But as the adult, you also have the opportunity to provide a really rich and ever-changing environment for your child. So that means introducing new materials um, and then letting your child take it from there. Yeah, they can be interesting materials and, and have that why not, why not? Maybe, maybe this is an art. Maybe this rock can be a vehicle for paint. Maybe this potato can be a way that we draw or make a sculpture and you just let them, they'll come to you. They're very divergent thinkers. They are not bound by all these rules. So just let them lead the way with creativity. The last thing I just say is this, this, this is really personal to me because I have a daughter that really struggled in school and I was given advice along the way to, to stop letting her take so many art classes. And I absolutely would not let that happen. I was adamant about it and got a lot of push around, well, her academics. Well, she needs to take more of these classes. And I know it's single story. And I, of course, everybody has their own situation. But I'll just say that what happened is that by staying in art, she didn't lose her confidence. So the things she was really good at, she could keep instead of averaging her out and making her just focus on things she was already struggling with. And the art focus allowed her to build her skills in other areas, in literacy, in math, and she got some help and attention for that, and now she's incorporated it in her career. So I think advocating for your kids and understanding how important this is and not feeling like you're trading it off 
For academics, what you're doing is you're exponentially impacting the power of their ability to succeed in academics, but also all of those social, emotional, and intellectual skills they're going to need all through school and through life. Art and creativity are key elements to child development. Remember to let your child take charge of the artistic process. Your job is to provide the rich environment and materials, then allow your child to take the creative lead. Thanks for listening! We hope this episode was helpful again, and tune in next month when Rachel and Claire are back with more Teach, Play, Love. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love! And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.